What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you so much for rocking with me for another episode, episode 62 of the Quarterly Report. I am your host, Armand Lee, and I say each week we have a really good show because I really mean it. I don't just give you lip service. I put a lot into these episodes, but yo, we got a hell of a show this week. My brother, somebody whose star is shining brighter than ever. My man, Travis Thomas, is coming back on this week to break down a long list of topics, NBA, NFL, and the sweet science all will be discussed with one of my favorite guests that we have on the show. Also, I don't know about you, but I am now tired. I'm past tired, exhausted of hearing people use points per game as a measure of rating how good a player is. It's happening right now as we speak in the nation's capital, and no matter where you live, I'm sure you've heard it or maybe have done it yourself when it comes to NBA players. But now, damn it, I am putting a stop to it. All right. We have an intervention immediately. That's in quarter number two. All that and so much more. But first, man, the hot takes, they coming this week. We're getting started with our first topic this week. First Yeah, man. Just like 8-Baller MJG, I'm coming out hard, Joe. This is how we starting the show this week. Hot take. Hot take of the week, man, because there's a lot of stuff I got to get off my chest. A lot of things that are frustrating me, many of which happen to be sports entertainment related. And I'll address those throughout the show. Unfortunately, some of the things that are really frustrating are like really important life situations that are happening happening in our government, in our society, that, you know, this isn't really the time or the place for me to really let go. So I'm gonna channel all of my frustration into sports because it's, it's an escape, right? And I'm gonna start with something that's been kind of blowing me for, for a while now, okay? For a while now, and last week, after the NBA draft, it reached kind of a, a boiling point. I'm talking about Kyrie Irving, right? And, and the love and the almost infinite amount of passes that this young man gets, it's, it's too much for me. I can't bite my tongue on it anymore. Now, before some of y'all start running your mouth, I'm a Knicks fan. So I don't want to hear, oh, you hating on the Celtics. You jealous. Boom, 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 boom. I get it. Right? I'm a Knicks fan. It's an easy shot to take. Y'all take them all the time on yours truly on social media. It's all good. Right? Growing up a Knicks fan... You learn to, to, to take punches, to take shots. I promise you, however, none of the issues I have with Kyrie Irving stem from him being a Celtic. In fact, there are many people, many respected people that think that Kyrie Irving will play for the Knicks next season or after this upcoming season, right? And even if he does wear the orange and blue, I promise you my feelings on these issues specifically the issues that I have with Kyrie Irving and the way most in the national media handle him. They won't change. I promise you that. But before we get there, just to quiet the critics, right? Let me at least get this out the way. Kyrie Irving is without a doubt one of the most fun players to watch. He is 
in just terms, forget about winning productivity, whatever. In just terms of enjoying his style of play. Kyrie Irving, I don't know if I can name five players. And that's being, you know, lenient. Maybe three. I don't, but there's definitely not five players currently playing basketball who I would say I'd rather watch play. When Kyrie Irving is healthy, he's just so much fun. He can shoot. He's an offensive wizard. He has, if not the best, the second best handles in the league. He's so creative with the basketball. He finishes at the rim, despite not being like a, an athletic, I shouldn't say athletic, but despite not being able to jump out of the gym. So the, the touch he has on the ball, how he how he has just an insane amount of like creativity when it comes to dribbling or when it when it comes to getting the ball out of his hands near the rim. And obviously he can shoot. Like all of those things are aesthetically pleasing to watch. And it's important to note also that he has one of the biggest shots in NBA final in recent history. Game seven NBA finals step back three pointer with seconds remaining. You know what I mean? Like that just doesn't happen. You know, it doesn't happen often. And he hit it against a 73 win team on the road. Game seven. One of the most memorable shots in recent NBA history, maybe in all time NBA history. He has it. So you can't take that away from him either. And, and here's an important note. He's much better than I thought he was going to be. Like when he left Cleveland and he wasn't playing with LeBron and the 50 or so, 55 or 60 or so games that he played this season, he was amazing. He was amazing. He was much better than I thought he was going to be. So all of that needs to be said because I don't want it make to be, I don't want this to come across as me just, you know, just ripping Kyrie because that's not that's not that's not my intent okay but that now that we have the pleasantries out the way let's get to it we got to stop with the kitty gloves when it comes to Kyrie Irving okay all of this stems from like the the the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back if you will comes from Colin Sexton okay he was the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, eighth overall pick in this past NBA draft that happened last week. And he has his, in, his uh, he's introduced to the public. And he's wearing number two. And this it becomes a thing because obviously Kyrie Irving wore number two for the six or so years he played in Cleveland. And everybody's up in arms. Oh my God, how could Cleveland, how petty can they be? How dare they have someone wear Kyrie Irving's number. Kyrie Irving's number shouldn't be worn again. He should have his jersey retired in Cleveland when he retires. So forth and so forth. So on. Number one, we know exactly how petty Cleveland and that organization can be. Just go back to the decision, right? Comic Sans. Okay? You took a shot at LeBron. Maybe the greatest basketball player of all time. Definitely top five, probably top three. At, now, now I'm not talking about when he finished. I'm talking about right now. You know what I'm saying? We know how petty that organization can be. We've seen it. Number two, why is it? I, I feel like I'm going crazy when I watch or listen to, to sports now. Anytime Kyrie Irving is discussed. He threatened to have surgery on his knee 
if he didn't force his way out of the out of Cleveland. Understand this. For all of the flack people gave LeBron for the decision, and I'm not going to relitigate that. That whatever, however you feel about the, the first decision, you're going to always feel about it. There's nothing anyone else can say. But it it, it does need to be. Re I do feel like I need to remind people. LeBron honored his contract. He didn't force his way out of Cleveland. He didn't threaten to have surgery to force his way out. He honored his contract and he made a choice. Okay. We can argue all day about the means he went about, you know, making his choice, whatever. I don't have any desire to talk about that anymore. Okay. You're going to feel however you're going to feel. I'm going to feel however I'm going to feel. Let's keep it moving. Kyrie Irving threatened to have surgery to force his way out. Like that was his leverage. If you don't trade me, I will have surgery on my knee and won't play this season. Karma bit him in the ass on that one, didn't it? But for whatever reason, we still look at or we still view Kyrie leaving Cleveland as, well, it was a failure on LeBron's end to not communicate with Kyrie. What? How? Why would you want to, if once that comes out, that someone is threatening surgery to leave, there is nothing to say. There's nothing left, left to say. I'm going to talk about Marcin Gortat in the second quarter. But imagine if Marcin Gortat was so upset with his role in D.C. And so upset with his chemistry or his relationship with John Wall. That he was like, if y'all don't trade me, I'm going to have surgery. When I don't necessarily need it right now. Just so I don't play. I mean, honestly. Honestly, he should be, he should be dragged over the coals, right? Figuratively speaking, every single day about that. That is inexcusable. And we want him to, and people are acting like he should be a top three, top five MVP candidate for the upcoming season. Are you crazy? Are you insane? So, like, that is the cloud that never clears for me when it comes to Kyrie. Once that story came out, I was like, okay, nah. I don't want him in New York. I don't. I don't care what team he plays for. That guy can't be my leader. Period. Point blank. End of discussion. But that's not all of the issues that Kyrie Irving has. Like, we can continue. Kyrie Irving leaves Cleveland. They win one less game. One less game in the final, one less game in the in the regular season. He goes to Boston. And like I said, he played great. He was a hell of a player when he was in Boston. Okay? But the Celtics offense got better when he got hurt. Jason Tatum develops into a much a big, a, a larger star. The ball moves. You know? The ball swings from side to side. Again, I'm not saying that the Celtics are better without Kyrie Irving. I think that remains to be seen, especially with Gordon Hayward coming back and Tatum taking, I'm assuming, a larger role in the offense. We'll see. But if the team you leave gets doesn't get dramatically worse, in fact, just one game, and the team you go to gets better when you get hurt, how is it that this guy is going to be an MVP candidate? 
How is it that this guy's a top 10 player? Why is it that we don't address these things? These are legit questions. And everybody runs around like, okay, Kyrie Irving's the second coming. Again, I get it. He's fun to watch. He's he's a he's one of the most enjoyable players to sit down and watch play basketball. No doubt. But when you couple what I first said about him, threatening surgery to leave, then actually having to have surgery because of karma, and then the results that the Cavs weren't significantly worse, and the Celtics somehow got better without him. All of these things should be like, I don't know, I don't want to say red flags, but at least kind of, you know, points of discussion, topic points like, okay, well, maybe we need to reassess Kyrie Irving. Then, Game 7, Eastern Conference Finals. Can you imagine if John Wall, who sat, was hurt, right, throughout the playoffs, and he's on the sidelines every single game throughout the playoffs, and then Game 7 happens at home, Eastern Conference Finals, on a Sunday, and then he's not there, and the reason he's not there is because he had a... uh, a small, not an emergency surgery, a surgery, like a small surgery to fix like some nose or whatever. Something that he could have scheduled at any time, especially during the offseason. And it just so happens that he misses the game. A game seven where he's playing his former team. We all know why he decided to have that surgery. It wasn't an emergency. It wasn't anything that needed to be done. He had it because he knew the cameras were going to be on him. I talked about this a few weeks back with my guy, Troy Halliburton. He knew that people were going to show his face over and over again as he watched LeBron give it to the Celtics. Because we knew once it went game seven that the Celtics were not going to beat LeBron. We knew it. And Kyrie Irving didn't want to have his face shown over and over again looking at LeBron do some, you know, superhuman stuff. He knew what time it was. We knew what time it was. And somehow... He got a pass on that as well. So not only can he threaten his way out of out of town because of a surgery, a surgery that karma then brings back on him, right? Not only does the Cavalier not not only do the Cavaliers play essentially the, the same without him, but the Celtics get better without him. And then not only is his leadership called into question, but we don't even make a big deal out of it. And all of that is on top of the damn flat earth stuff. Like, bro, when when you say stupid things, we can't just dismiss it as silly. Not now, not ever really, but when you look at what's going on, bigger picture in our world, in our country, right, where, where truth and information is seen as a luxury instead of a a a foundational reference point. We have to make sure that we shame people, right? So much so that they don't, they don't, they don't dare continue and perpetuate this foolish train of thought. Kyrie Irving goes around carrying on about the earth being flat. And that has somehow become like this silly kind of cute. Oh, he's just a quirky guy. No, no, no. He's not quirky. I'm not going to insult the brother, but that thinking is dumb. It's dumb. And he's got such a large platform. He's got such great influence 
that the more he talks, the better he plays because unfortunately for us in our society, we rate talent. And that talent in the large, like everyone has talent. We're talking about athletic talent, musical talent, acting talent, comedic talent. We rate that so much higher than other things, disproportionately so, that Kyrie Irving is an influence and a role model to millions of children. Millions of, you know, thinkers who are still, um, you know, growing into themselves, who are, uh, their, their minds are still developing. And he's got such great influence every time he talks and talks about the flat earth and quest. It's like, nah, Slim, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta make sure we handle that situation. You don't handle, you don't handle, you know, stupidity with, oh, that's cute, right? As our leaders talk about civility and how we should handle and not handle uh, constant threats on our civilization, some people want you to be civil when that happens. And I'm saying, no, when you are met with stupidity, you handling it there. Kyrie Irving gets pass after pass. And I'm like, when will it stop? We literally are not that far removed from people saying that Kyrie Irving is better than Scottie Pippen. And I got to be honest with you. Deadass. I feel the reason why we treat Kyrie so much, so soft, so gentle, stems from that. Right? Because... How, no matter how much you want to avoid it, there is always going to be a LeBron-Jordan discussion, okay? And the only player that I can think of who, who, who time has somehow diminished every other player of past generations, their greatness has been exaggerated because of time. But somehow, Scottie Pippen, we got people thinking that Scottie Pippen was just some ho-hum average guy now. And I truly believe that the reason why every other great player, their accomplishment, their greatness, their legend has been built up over time. And the only reason Scottie Pippen is the only one who hasn't is because it only makes the legacy of Michael Jordan even greater, right? Conversely, we can build up Kyrie Irving and oh, his, his flat earth stuff is quirky and you know, he hit this game winning shot in game seven, but let's not talk about what he did in game five facing elimination in that same finals where he was nowhere to be seen. And let's not talk about how how he weaseled his way out of Cleveland threatening knee surgery, which is a sucker move. But let's not talk about that. Let's somehow pin that on LeBron, right? We do all of that to somehow diminish LeBron. I, I Maybe you think I'm rich. But I swear, I don't. I can't think. And I've tried. I've tried to throw out some bail on Kyrie in in the larger media discussion as it relates to Kyrie to try to figure out why is it that he gets so many passes. And the only thing that I could come up with, the only thing I could come up with, is a way for the the ultimate NBA discussion that never goes away, the LeBron Jordan topic. Because man. We gave him Kyrie so many passes, so many. And I just named four in this first quarter. And there are more to come. 
If you think I'm reaching, hit me up on Twitter. We're at Quarterly Show, Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E Show, or email us at the podcast. We're at QuarterlyReport at gmail.com. Again, Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E, report at gmail.com. Let me know if you think I'm reaching when it comes to Kyrie. Am I exaggerating? Am I just hating on him because he's a Celtic? Or do you agree? I'm super interested in hearing your guys' thoughts because, man, I've bitten my tongue far too long as it comes to Kyrie Irving. And, man, it's got to stop. It literally has to stop. Speaking of stopping, this is where the first quarter stops, but the show, nah, man, we got so much more to get into, starting with our second topic this week. Second quarter. The NBA free agency period hasn't started yet, but with the draft being last week and little moves being made throughout this week, you know, you can feel the anticipation is growing. And anytime with free agency or with the draft, anytime you're talking about players and their fit and expectations and things of that nature, you always start to project, right? And you and you use the information that's readily available for all of us. You know, we do live in the information age, or at least so they say. You know, people start to to, you know, it's natural. I do it too. We start to guess and we start to see what will fit and how things translate. Now, again, you all know, if you've been listening to this show for any significant amount of time, I am a bit of a a stat nerd when it comes to the NBA. My advanced stat, quote unquote, if you will, is, you know, I'm a wages of wins guy, wins produced per 48. But, you know, I doubt, you know, that's an all in one stat. We all understand that those statistics they, they, they come with pluses and minuses, right? There, there isn't any surefire um, all-in-one statistic. But there are tons of stats out there that fall under the umbrella of being a quote-unquote advanced stat, but they really aren't, right? There, there really isn't any um, guesswork. There isn't any projection. None of that stuff exists when it comes to effective field goal percentage or true shooting percentages, right? Like those two stats, I don't even really consider them advanced. You know, like if you if you really want to understand, you don't even have to agree with it per se. But if you want to have a deeper understanding of the NBA in today's game, with the quote unquote information that's that exists, like you should do yourself a favor and armor yourself with at least just the knowledge of those two statistics, because when you don't do that, I like you find that, well, look, he averages X amount of points a game. That comes up, and that comes up first. And I got to tell y'all, man, I'm, I'm, I'm pleading here. Uh, I live outside of D.C., and this week, Martin Gortat was traded for Austin Rivers in a straight player-for-player player swap. And ultimately, ultimately, just on its face, this is not a bad move for the Wizards, right? Martin Gortat, his time in D.C. had ran its course. It was clear. He didn't get along with the star player. His game is that of a aging um, style of basketball that's not productive. He's not a very good defensive. He's not a good defensive player. So his game, and he's 34 years old. So, like, he is being aged out of the game and that's fine right they got his expiring contract off the books without having to add an asset or without 
having to add an extra year of salary. That is good. They got Austin Rivers in return, who actually costs less money than Gortat does, which is also good. The problem is, if you play Austin Rivers, and so many people in this area, so many are saying how Austin Rivers feels a need. And that is beyond insane. Why? Because Austin Rivers is not good. He is not a good NBA player. So if you're va- if you're grading this trade based off of, well, you know what? We were able to move Gortat and no harm, no foul. Not an extra year of salary. We didn't have to add a pick or an asset to as a sweetener. Cool. But if you look at Austin Rivers as, man, you know what? He could come off the bench and he could give us some points. He could get buckets. Nah, Slim. Again, I'm begging you. I've asked before. I've asked for years for us to stop using points per game as any type of intelligent, meaningful way to assess a player's talent. But I'm begging. I'm pleading. We got to stop it. We got to stop it ASAP now because it's running wild. This buckets mentality of analysis is crazy. There's a guy, I don't know him. I'm not going to call him out by name because he could be a good dude. And I'm not trying to throw shade. This guy who works on one of the radio stations in the D.C. area. He's on Twitter the moment the trade has gone through. And he says that Austin Rivers is a borderline starter, quality backup player. And I'm like, what are you watching? And, of course, the following tweet says he scores 15 points per game. (laughs) I hate baseball. I'm not a baseball fan. Don't like the game. There are plenty of things about the sport that I don't like. But one thing about the sport, the culture of baseball, that I greatly appreciate is that they had their, quote, unquote, civil war when it came to advanced statistics. And now, even if you don't agree with many of the stats, It's so much a part of the fabric of the game that you at least have to understand and value it. And you know how we were talking about in the first quarter when someone says something dumb or foolish, they get shamed? In baseball, if you, in 2018, see a pitcher's win-loss record and think that that's a proper way or an intelligent way of assessing how good or how well that pitcher played that season, you would get embarrassed because everyone would shame you for thinking that because it speaks nothing to the quality of the player. Max Scherzer had, has had several starts in recent you know, weeks where he has played lights out, and he's lost several of them, more than one. His last one, his last outing a few days ago, they lost one nothing, one nothing, Dominant performance. That comes off as a loss for him. But that, that but you would be foolish to think, oh, well, I mean, you know what? They didn't win because, you know, Scherzer gave up that one run in the second inning. You know what I mean? You wouldn't think that. Your win-loss record doesn't speak anything to how, the quality of the player. And in baseball, they have done so much work, groundwork, to get that, that, that simple base level of understanding like everyone in that sport gets that now and it took some time it did take some time for people to come to that conclusion but they did it 
in basketball, we still have people. Oh, I got a homeboy who was telling me how Nick Young, he won a ring, but that Nick Young could be a quality player on the championship team. And we saw in these playoffs when Nick Young didn't, like when he was on the floor, when he got minutes, that the Warriors were struggling. This bucket mentality. Austin Rivers, he scores 50 points per game, and he's an awful scorer. He's a, he averages 38 this past season, 38% from three, and still wasn't an efficient scorer. How do you do that? He shot like six threes, six to seven threes a game, shot threes at, at a 38% clip, and still was not a, a, an efficient scorer. He's a 60-some-odd percent free throw shooter. He plays no defense. He can't rebound. He doesn't get assists. He brings nothing to the table. So, again, if we're grading the, the Gortat for Austin Rivers deal based on getting Gortat out of D.C., boom, that's fine. It was no harm, no foul on that level. But if you play Austin Rivers minutes this season, you are costing yourself victories. Make no mistake, Gortat at least is still productive in some measure. You may not like him. And a lot of people in D.C. don't. I get that. But he didn't cost you wins. Austin Rivers, if you play him minutes, will cost you wins. And no, not and there are too many people who overlook all of this, right, who overlook all of it because points per game, PPG. He gets buckets. Come on, Joe. We got to do better. We, please, please. Can we do better than that? Can we be better than points per game? Okay. I mean, probably not. I don't know why I'm asking. Jamal Crawford won six man of the year not too long ago based off of points per game. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like there, think about this. We are not that far removed from people saying that Draymond Green is just a role player because he doesn't score points. That was like four years ago. Five years ago, people thought Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard was a role player. That was five years ago. Why? Because he didn't score. He didn't get buckets. Yo, we got to, can we please do better? Please. You know, great players like Tyson Chandler, completely underrated because he doesn't get buckets. Otto Porter probably gets traded out of D.C. Because everybody only focuses on his PPG. They ignore all the other things. They ignore context. They ignore field goal percentages. Ignore defense. Ignore everything. But like with Draymond Green, like with Kawhi Leonard, like with Otto Porter, if you don't score points, oh, you can't be that good. And if you're Austin Rivers and do everything awful, but you can put 15 up on that PPG column. Oh man, we 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 finally we found our answer. We got the answer to our backup bench needs. We can be better than this. That's all I'm saying. Can we try? Can can we make can we start off season 2018, July, in the June, early July, right? Wherever, whenever you're listening to this. Let's start now. Let's demand better. If you hear, if you got a homeboy this holiday weekend, you know, the fourth is on Wednesday, 
if you chilling and you got a partner over, like, man, you know, Austin Rivers, he's going to be the answer. Carry him. Seriously. Carry him until he can't talk. Maybe even bring him to tears. Do it in front of his girlfriend. Do it in front of his family. If he's got kids, do it in front of his children. Shame him to no end so he knows that stupidity will not be tolerated. That's the only way. That's the only way. I told y'all, man, I had a lot to get off my chest this week, bro. So, of course, it is halftime. and It's coming at a good time. I can get my composure. Calm down a bit. But before we get to halftime, here's some house cleaning news again. Please reach out, get involved, interact with the show. I love it when I get to hear from you all, whether it's via tweet or email. You can email us at the show at quarterlyreport at gmail.com. You can tweet us at quarterly show, Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E show. We're on Twitter. I love the response to you guys' tweets and interact with you guys there. That's immediate email. I like to take my time to address those emails. I check them periodically throughout the week, but get the best every other week for stoppage time. We're not going to have stoppage time this week, but we will have stoppage time next week. So if you want to talk to me about points per game and why it works in baseball and why people still uh, use PPG as an effective way of, of measuring a player's talent, I'm all ears because I honestly have no clue. But it's halftime now. We're going to take a break, but we're going to keep the NBA theme going because the marketplace in the NBA is hard to always understand, you know, and free agency is upon us. We're a few days away from the start of free agency. So there are a lot of guys who who could be at a group who could be had at a great value. And there's some guys who who can disrupt the marketplace, if you will. And speaking of the marketplace and shopping. I'm reminded of being a child in Richmond, Virginia, watching Supermarket Sweep. It was a show that I used to love to watch with my sister. And I thought, well, you know what? NBA owners are essentially, you know, misguided grocery shoppers. And the only people who actually do well in the NBA are the people who best can read the market. So without further ado, we're going to do Supermarket Sweep NBA version for this week's halftime. Welcome to Supermarket Sweep NBA Edition, where we try to guess the market for a few NBA free agents. Here are our contestants. First, from LA, he's one of the greatest players of all time, while also being one of the worst late night hosts ever, Irvin Magic Johnson. Hey, hey, I've won five rings, y'all. I don't feel any pressure. Uh, okay, Magic. And his opponent, the man who has nine lives. He's outlasted guns in locker rooms, multiple coaching hires, and Jan Vesely. Ladies and gentlemen, Ernie Grunfeld. I'm very versatile. Okay, here are the rules. We name a player and you tell us what number the market will dictate he signs for. The person closest will win. Ready? Here's player number one. Nerlens Noel. Now, this is showtime. <laughs> we only recruit stars to Los Angeles. I wouldn't offer him a dime. I'm magic, baby. Um, that's incorrect, magic. We're not just talking about your team, but the price Nerlens would get from the entire league. 
league. You mean to tell me there are other teams in the NBA besides the Lakers and the Celtics? Yes, Magic. Well, Nerlens is such a versatile player. He's young and a veteran, and I'm praying he'll sign for three million. But I'd give my next three first-round picks to sign him to a full mid-level exception. Well, I guess that's correct. Three million to the entire mid-level exception. And considering Magic only said a dime, Wizards, you win the game! I actually am fairly interested in seeing how the market plays out for not just Nerlens Noel, but a few big-time, not big-time, but big NBA players who all are fairly young. Um, Nerlens, Alex Lynn, um, Aaron Baines is another one, Jeremy Grant. Um, even Aaron Gordon, like the first guys on that list, you know, they're not big time. They're not going to get big time contracts. It's just a matter of, you know, how much can they get? You know what I mean? Because it's not really a player's market this, this off season, but I don't trust NBA front offices and they're going to be guys who have money and they're not going to be able to be disciplined, but someone like Aaron Gordon, Orlando just drafted Mamba, so they've got a logjam in terms of their bigs. Aaron Gordon is a restricted free agent, but I do think a team could jump out there and snag him if they were willing to pay a, a high enough price. I don't believe Orlando is going to max him, and I don't think they'll come close to maxing him, so he can be taken. I'm really curious to see where he ends up going because he is a player who – Hasn't necessarily put all the pieces together, but there's a lot to work with. And then he has the Q rating because of the dunk contest. You know what I mean? So uh, I'm interested in seeing where he ends up landing and for how much. Because this offseason is completely dominated by LeBron. You know, LeBron, Paul George, and then maybe DeAndre Jordan, maybe Chris Paul. But then when you look at next year's uh, free agent class, that's when we're talking. You know, and, you know, teams who can get enough cap space for next year, you're working with something. And the moves that are set in place this offseason absolutely will impact the price tag for some guys next year. So all this stuff is fascinating to me. Again, we're just days away from the start of free agency, and I'm assuming things are going to things are going to be happening relatively quick this year as opposed to years past. So I can't wait. And I'm sure if you're listening to me and you're anything like me in terms of a fan of the NBA, you can't wait as well. All right, guys. So that was the halftime. First half, everything is in the past, right? I've calmed down. I've cooled out. I've got myself centered. So, you know, I'm not really going to be taking aim at anything in particular for the rest of the show. However, there's still tons to discuss and there's nobody better than my next guest to go through so many different topics as it pertains to sports. He's my brother, somebody I'm cool with. I've known for over 10 years now. My guy, Travis Thomas. My next guest, I've known for like a decade, over a decade now. Um, somebody who super close to me. Anybody who I welcome on the show as a guest who comes on, there's a certain amount of appreciation and love, whether I know them or not. But this next guest, like I said, we've known each other. We've, we've grinded together for, for a long time. And he's starting to finally get the shine and recognition that he's worked hard and earned for 
like I said, a decade now. And it's coming to him tenfold, man. You see him on NBC Sports Washington. You can listen to him on 106.7 The Fan on the weekends. And he's got his own podcast with Santana Moss. My brother, I love him like a brother. My guy, Travis Thomas. Trav, what's going on, bro? And thank you for joining me on the Quarterly Report. What's up, A-Lee, man? I appreciate what you said. And, and you're right, man. Friends for a decade now. Honestly, as beautiful as that is, it makes me feel old, bro. <laughs> Slim, you not lying. Plus, now there's a new generation of Thomases and Lees. So, you know, it's, that's just the cycle of life. You know what I'm saying? Hey, make sure y'all follow my brother, man. He's at Travis Thomas EXP on Twitter. Travis Thomas Experience on all other social media platforms. Again, he's the co-host of DC Sports Live. He's the host of the Travis Thomas Experience on 106.7 The Fan. And he's the co-host of the Santana Moss Podcast. Make sure you guys subscribe and download to that, man. Travis getting checks all over the place. Now, you know, you haven't been on the show in a while, and there's so much to talk about, you know, kind of all at once. So we're just going to jump into it. Um, it's been a week now. You know, the dust has settled. So the initial kind of shock of the Troy Brown Jr. pick has worn off. And we all can now kind of, we've sat with it. it. It's digested. Now we can kind of think a little bit clearer about the Wizards' choice and I guess the direction with the pick of Troy Brown Jr. So I guess that's where I want to start. What are your thoughts now that a week has gone by on the selection of the guard from Oregon? Well, listen, I'll take you back to that initial shock when they made the announcement, Troy Brown out of Oregon. I said, Troy Brown, the guy that played wide receiver and corner for the Patriots? Who was right, that? right. You know, who is that? But ultimately, look, he's a more athletic version of Otto Porter. He's a, a wingman that, you know, I mean, he's 6'7", he can play defense, he's athletic. Uh, all accounts, he's a good guy. Good kid, uh, 18 years old. I mean, he's smart. You know, the, the now it's urban legend that apparently he drew up a play for Ernie Grunfeld, and that's what did it, um, where the Wizards fell in love with him. So he's got a high basketball IQ, even though he's so young. I mean, listen, man, then they turn around the second round, they take another wing uh, from overseas. So I, I guess ultimately they did not hear the fans uh, wanting athletic big man. They did not hear John Wall, who directly said, I want an athletic big. Certainly there was one on the board, and Robert Williams, um, they passed on him. As, as, I mean, so did 27 other teams. He didn't go until 27 to Boston. So, you know, we'll see if this kid helps. To me, honestly, Armand, it feels like a safe pick. I think – Someone like a Robert Williams is – he has a lot of boom, but he has a lot of bust potential as well. Um, and there were some other guys still on the board who had that as well. And I think ultimately the Wizards went with the safe pick. I think this guy can kind of fit into the status quo. Now, we could argue all day whether or not that's the right pick for this franchise or not, but the bottom line is he's not a guy that's going to rattle any cages. Uh, you know, he's going to kind of stick to what's already going on there and give you some quality minutes off the bench, and I guess that's what they were happy with. Once again, guys, I'm joined by my bro, Travis Thomas. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He's at Travis Thomas EXP. It's Travis Thomas Experience on all other social media platforms. 
He's the co-host of DC Sports Live. We'll get to that in a second. He's the co-host of the Santana Moss podcast. Make sure you download and subscribe to that on iTunes and wherever else you listen to podcasts. And he's also the host of the Travis Thomas Experience on 106.7 The Fan Weekends. Make sure you guys check your local listings for that. All right, so Trav, you know, every time you're on the show, we break down boxing. You know, the NBA is my favorite sport. Boxing is my second. I know you're a lover of the sweet science as well. And I got to be honest, man, 2018, it's been disappointing thus far, right? 2017 was such a great year. I mean, for 12 straight months, we had great fights, important fights, fights that were building up, it felt like, to mega fights, if you will, you know? And in 2018, the welterweight division has kind of been putting a standstill with Keith Thurman's injury. The middleweight division, we know about Canelo and Golovkin and the, the roll bump the roadblock they hit earlier this year. And then you look at the heavyweight division and everything was like, okay, you know what? All these other things are going on problematic, but we still have hope for an Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder unification fight between two heavyweights who are undefeated. It's never been, it's never happened before. And now because of a threat of being stripped of a title, Anthony Joshua is taking on his mandatory Povetkin, Alexander Povetkin and Everything regarding this fight seems to be thrown up in the air. Uh, my question to you is, do you think we get a Wilder Joshua fight end of 2018? And if not, who are you putting the most blame on for this fight failing to happen again? I don't think it, it happens. And uh, I think you are, I think the words you chose to use just show how nice of a guy you are. Uh, I'm not there. I, I'm not there. I'll tell you point blank. Uh, this year in boxing has sucked flat out. And uh, this, this fight is not going to happen. And unfortunately, as usual, boxing can't get out of its own way. Anthony right. Joshua has been BSing to get this fight done. I mean, Josh, I mean, Wilder has literally, Deontay Wilder has literally said, I'll come to your backyard. I'll fight you in a parking lot in the U.K. for all I care. You can take the lion's share of the money. I just want the fight. Uh, and Anthony Joshua and his camp continue to make excuses. And now boxing has basically given him the ultimate out of saying, well, we'll strip you of these alphabet titles if you don't fight some loser no one cares about. So um, boxing continues to get in its own way. And I'm just hopeful that Joshua goes and beats this, you know what I call him, Uber and uh, he and Wilder can get it on in 2019. Slim, you make a great point. And as a someone, as someone who loves boxing, it's incredibly frustrating. They can't, they can't stay out of their own way to save their lives. This is, this is easily, this is a slam dunk. These two guys, both men, speak English, right? Both men, charismatic, big, strong knockout punchers. And the, the crazy thing is, I think AJ beats Wilder. So I have no idea what the, the play is from their camp. Um, but the thing that worries me, because, you know, I think we all expect Joshua to beat Povetkin. But the wild card is Tyson Fury. And if, if Tyson Fury can just stay sane, can just be a normal person for six months, 2019 comes around. And, you know, 
there is no doubt the bigger fight, the biggest fight from a, a worldwide perspective is Fury versus Joshua. And that, that fight draws so much more money than anything that Deontay Wilder can bring to the table. So it, it's it's important for people to remember Deontay Wilder isn't this young pup anymore. You know, AJ is young. Wilder has some years some years on him. And when we're talking about his prime and, and, and the first real, true, big-time fight of his career, he needs this fight to happen as soon as possible. But when you look at AJ... It doesn't seem like he's in any rush, and I don't. I worry that we don't get this fight when both fighters, or at least where Anthony or Deontay Wilder is still in his, his prime of his career. Yeah, I agree. In fact, um, you know, Joshua's sort of changing my the way I'm betting this fight with my heart. Uh, right. I still feel as though Joshua will win the fight if he and Wilder ever do uh, fight. And don't even get me started on Tyson Fury, fat drug using show. Um, but if, if, if Wilder and Joshua got it on, I think I would still pick Joshua. I just believe he's a better boxer, not necessarily a better fighter, but a better boxer. Uh, but I got to tell you, at this point, with handling business the way he has and looking like a pansy, I, I'm going to be rooting for Wilder because I like the attitude of Wilder which is I'll fight you anywhere, anytime for any amount of money. Let's just get it on and stop talking. Once again, guys, I'm joined by my guy, Travis Thomas. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. He's at Travis Thomas EXP. It's Travis Thomas Experience on all other social media platforms. He is the co-host of DC Sports Live, a new show on NBC Sports Washington with my guy, Michael Jenkins. Make sure you check that out Monday through Friday at 10 p.m. We're going to talk about that in a second. He's also the host of the Travis Thomas Experience on 106.7 The Fan and the co-host of the Santana Moss Podcast. Really dope podcast. Make sure you subscribe and download to that as well. And Trav, so we talked about the NBA and boxing in our first two topics, and those two are my favorite sports. Um, And as I get older, I find my love for football, maybe not football, but for the NFL specifically, diminishing like at rapid speed um and it's crazy when you think about it we are months removed from one of the best super bowls ever seriously that's not me being hyperbolic just one of the best super bowls ever and no one's talking about it we're all caught up in whether the eagles go to the white house the president um anthem the anthem eric reed colin kaepernick being blackballed you got Kellen Winslow Jr. with this awful case that he's caught up in. And now, right, Jameis Winston, another high-profile athlete in the NFL, a face of a franchise, has another sexual assault allegation at his doorstep. It seems, at least for me, that the NFL, not immediately, but they are eyeing a drastic, almost an extension-level event crisis on their hands in the next 10 to 20 years, like a generation from now where that they, they are almost in a corner in which I don't see how they get out of. Am I overreacting when I, when I say that and, and those thoughts about the NFL, or do you feel that once the games start being played, all of this bad press, all of this negativity kind of disappears? No, I mean, listen, they, they're, 
they're going a big time undertaking, and I think even more so than the topics that they have going on right now that you mentioned, which are bad enough for the league. Uh, I really think concussions uh, is really going to be the thing that kind of is a death knell for the NFL. Um, I have, you know, look, I have a a 10-month-old, but a lot of my friends have kids that are a little older, yourself included, and uh, all of their kids play flag football, and they are not allowing them to even play tackle football as they grow. So, you know, I think that's the thing ultimately that, um, could do football in. And I'll tell you this, for me personally, I I grew up loving the NFL, still do. Uh but I will say I would I would say the last five years or so I've really started getting more into college football. Uh right. the game is much more pure in that way. There's not a lot of the the politics quite literally. Um and listen, I didn't even go to a big time college football school. That's what's crazy. I don't, exactly. I don't have a you know, I don't have a rooting interest. I just love the purity of the game. Uh I love the pageantry that surrounds college football and the tradition and the now that they have playoffs, I appreciate that instead of a computer telling me who's the champ. <laughs> um I I and when you watch a college football game on a Saturday night or or Saturday afternoon, you know, listen, they have normal commercials. You watch a game, and then there's a, a natural break in the action. Not like the NFL, where there's a play, a flag, and then a Bud Light commercial. So, right. You know, I, I just appreciate the gameplay and everything about college football, and I'm looking more forward to college football season than I am the NFL season this year. I couldn't agree more. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the same way. My love for college football has grown and it has coincided with my, you know, disinterest in just kind of exhaustion and frustration with the NFL. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's funny to hear you say that because I feel a lot of people feel that way. I'm interested in seeing um, if, that, if that is a, a widespread belief and if there's anything that the NFL can do to kind of change the tide. Once again, guys, I'm joined by my bro, Travis Thomas, make sure you follow him on Twitter at Travis Thomas EXP, Travis Thomas Experience on all other social media platforms. He is the co-host of the Santana Moss podcast, the host of the Travis Thomas Experience on 106.7 The Fan, and the co-host of DC Sports Live, a new talk show on NBC Sports Washington, Monday through Fridays at 10 p.m., co-starring another person that I'm super close to, my guy Michael Jenkins, two of my favorite people that I know that I know that I've met um, throughout this industry, and I guess that's where we're going to leave this interview here, Trav. Um, tell me and talk to me about the show. You guys are finishing up your first month or so. Let me know what the feel of the show is, what you guys are trying to do with it, and um, you know what the people can expect when they check out you and Jinx. Well, it's basically, uh, you know, it's like an intersection. It's like late night TV meet. Sports in a way. In fact, I would, I would almost even say our show's more just late night television with some sports sprinkled in there. Um, and and I'll I'll tell you. I mean, you know this more than anyone because you've worked with us both. But Michael Jenkins is just an incredible. I tell him all the time. He's an incredible actor. I think I think Jinx could be an actor in Hollywood. He's just able to. 
uh, play any character you can think of. He's able to go uh, off the cuff and riff on anything, uh, as well as being a polished broadcaster when need be. So it's amazing working with him. And I also want to give you props, too, because believe you me, this show has uh, Armand's DNA all over it. He, <laughs> he absolutely, positively had a role in something like this. Although we no longer work with him directly, uh, this show, believe you me, has your imprint all over it, and this is something you will be proud of. <laughs> well, man, I appreciate that. But, you know, you two, you guys are two of the best. Again, that's my guy, Travis Thomas. Catch him Monday through Fridays at 10 p.m. on NBC Sports Washington with another good friend of mine, Michael Jenkins, on DC Sports Live. It's a, a new show that just started, so check it out. Fun sports conversation in a different way. Again, Travis, a guest family to me on this week's episode of the Quarterly Report. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at Travis Thomas EXP. Make sure you check him out on all other social media platforms at Travis Thomas Experience. And make sure you check out the podcast with him and Santana Moss, the Santana Moss podcast, all over uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. You can catch him on YouTube now. So wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure you check out the Santana Moss podcast. Travis, thank you so much for joining me this week on the show. You know your family, and I uh, can't wait to wrap with you again. No doubt, man. You know we'll do it again. I'm going to have you on my show so, uh, on 106.7 The Fan soon, too. Man, bro, anytime. You know I can't wait. All right, so that's the third quarter, ladies and gentlemen. And as you can tell, I kind of mellowed out the first half. A lot of angst, a lot of stuff I had to get off my chest. But, you know, if he had a little halftime break, I come back with my homeboy. We chill out, we rap, talk about boxing, NBA, NFL, the whole nine. So now I'm ready to end this show on a high note. Kind of. It's our fourth topic this week. Fourth quarter. Most of y'all Bamas know what this song means. I'm just going to let it ride out for a little bit. So, many of you know, and many of you are greatly anticipating Sunday night because it's the return of Star's hit television series, Power. And, you know, I talked about this last year, uh, one of the first episodes that we did. Actually, you know what? Let me rewind it a little bit. I live a fairly boring life, but I enjoy the board, the boredom of my life. I enjoy it. I don't consider it boring, boring, but I can see how other people would look at my life and be like, man, dog, what, where's the excitement? I spend most of my days, if I'm not working, chilling with my little girl, watching Teen Titans go, playing chess with her, you know what I'm saying, and whatever else that we do. The highlight of my week is when my daughter, myself, head over to my sister's and her man's house, and we have family time, play Uno. It's, like, incredibly competitive. We play Jenga, or we just sit down and talk and eat really good food. Like, I, that's the highlight of my week. Other than that, I work out, I cook, you know what I'm saying, and I work and I sleep. Sleep is also a highlight of the week. So, chilling with my daughter, escorting her around the beltway as she plans world domination, family time, Teen Titans go, and sleeping. That's pretty much it. And that is even highlighted. That's even reinforced when the, the NBA season is over. 
I spend an insane amount of time consuming the NBA. It's, it's like it's a problem. There may need to be an intervention soon, but I'm 35. I am what I am. Okay. I say all of that to say, you know, television. I'm not a big TV watcher. Again, I watch the NBA when and, and I watch a lot of boxing. Um, outside of those kind of events, from a television series standpoint, the two shows I watch, Mr. Robot and Atlanta. You know, those are the two shows head and shoulders above everything else. You know, I have a Netflix account, so I may check out uh, some TV shows or some movies, I should say. But more, than, more times than I don't watch a lot of television outside of Teen Titans Go. That has dominated the television in my household for like the last, for all of the summer, most of 2018. So, you know, summertime comes, there's an open slot. There's, there, there's just no NBA. Boxing is hit or miss nowadays. And, you know, I need something to kind of, to keep the energy going, right? Because I can talk NBA all the time. But, you know, I like to change things up a bit. And everybody I know, I shouldn't say everybody, a large number of people that I know that I talk to on a regular basis love power. Like, it feels like Christmas Eve this whole week. So many people. I'm at the barbershop. Oh, I can't wait for power. I go to the gym. Oh, I can't wait for power. I'm at work. Oh, man, power. Y'all ready for It's nonstop. And I feel like an outsider so much because I don't get it. I don't understand the popularity. I, I take that back. I get the popularity. I don't know why people are so obsessed with this show. I have tried several different times to get in on this show, and it just never does it for me. And I feel like I'm missing out because everybody loves this show. So then I'm coming to you all. I did it last year. And to your guys' credit, last year at this time, I hadn't really gotten into Game of Thrones. And because of my partner and because of you all, y'all got me on and then I was hooked. I was, I was a junkie. I went through all those seasons in a matter of weeks, which led me right up. So I guess it was season six, the, the most recent season that, went, season that went on HBO last year. And now, you know, the last season didn't really didn't really do much for me. So I, I'm, I've kind of been waned off of the Game of Thrones kick now. But I need something, right? Because my other options are just watch The Wire for the 50th time. And that's maybe a slight exaggeration. But I've seen that entire series definitely more than 15 times. Definitely. Or watch Mr. Robot again from the beginning, which is probably a strong likelihood as well. But I want something new. I want something that I don't, like, I want something that I would be surprised about. I want the ebbs and flows. So I'm coming to you all. I did it last year. You guys held me down with Game of Thrones. I'm coming to you all again. I need a new series to watch. And my bubble, my immediate bubble, that everyone's telling me to watch Power. And side note, because part of the reason why I can't get into Power it's because I love The Wire so much. And y'all Bama's out there who think power is better than The Wire, y'all got to do some self-reflecting, some self-searching, because there are a lot of things wrong with you. There's too many, too many to name here. Under no circumstance is power even in the same realm as The Wire. And that's not me hating power. Again, I haven't seen that many episodes 
to really sink my teeth into it. But let's stop the madness. You feel me? No, we got to. Part of the reason I don't like power is because it feels like it's trying to be the wire. Part of the reasons I don't watch power is because it feels like it's trying to be the wire. And unfortunately, it's like a D minus version of the wire. wire. And I'm being generous with that D minus grade. Okay. So I'm going to, um, th that's something I got to work. My cousin Sadiq, he's on the show each month. He, he, that's something he told me. He was like, you can't watch power thinking of the wire. And it's difficult because there's so many similarities there, but he's right. I'm doing power a disservice by comparing it to the wire. So I'm going to try to watch, I'm going to watch it on Sunday. I'm dead ass. And I'm going to live tweet through it on quarterly shows. Uh, Twitter page. So make sure you guys follow me Sunday because I'm going to try to navigate through it again. I'm not binging the whole series. I'm not doing that. I'm going to start on Sunday. And if I like it, I'm going to keep on watching. I'm going to keep on watching until I can. But I'm coming to you all because I need assistance. I need assistance. I need something. I need something to, 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 you know, it's real out here. The world is the world, our country specifically. It's, 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 it's tough. You feel me? So I need something to cheer me up, to, to keep me, to keep me, you know, I don't want to say distracted, but to keep me kind of moving forward, to pushing through. Basketball does that for me. The NBA does that for me. But, man, we, October is a long way away. So there are some suggestions that I have, and I'm going to put this up on a poll on the Quarterly Show's Twitter page as well. Please vote. Let me know because you guys help me down with Game of Thrones. But there's some other shows that I've been hearing a lot about. One of them comes highly recommended from my sister, you know, so she automatically has that that blue seal of approval stamp, you know. And that show is Billions. I haven't watched the second of Billions, but I keep hearing really good things about it. So I'm going to poll. I need something to watch this summer. The number one option I hear from the people immediately closest to me is power. And I'm, I, you know, whatever. I'm going to give it another shot. I'm going to give it another go. But I keep on hearing about billions. So I'm going to put that as a suggestion as well. Because, again, I hear nothing but good things about it. So I'm, I'm intrigued. I haven't watched it. I'm intrigued. The antennas are up. I've also heard a lot of good things about Strange, Stranger Things on Netflix. And these little Bama's on every commercial now. Like everywhere I turn, I see one of these little dudes selling Verizon Fios, selling cookies, whatever the hell. They're everywhere. I don't, I've never seen the show. I watched one episode and it was kind of weird. But people tell me, much like with Game of Thrones, you got to push through. So that's the third option. And if I'm missing any show, if there's a show that, you know, that I haven't named or that, you know, maybe flying under the radar. I'm going to leave that as an option as well. I need something, bro. I need something to kind of take me away. Teen Titans Go has held me down. I love that damn show. I may love that show more than my daughter. I mean, actually, no, I don't because she's obsessive. But it's close. But I need something else. I need something more mature. You feel me? So those are the suggestions, and there, I will leave an option for something that I haven't named. I know you guys, a lot of people like television. I, I used to love TV. I used to watch TV way too much. Now I'm doing better, um, but because I know uh, 
how quickly I will, how I gravitate to shows too quickly. I can't watch that much. I got, I have to purposely not watch television because I don't want to just get sunk into a, all these random television shows. So I need one show for the summer, for the summer months to kind of hold me down. You know, when I have a low, when my daughter's over her grandmother's house, whatever the case may be, when I have time, something to keep me occupied. So I'm turning to you all, the good listeners of the quarterly report. You know, I love you all. We are building a rapport over this year plus of talking and listening to one another. So hold me down. The, the poll will come up Thursday afternoon. Please vote. Vote often. Tell your friends to vote. I just need something. I need to know something. I got to watch something to keep me from losing my damn mind because of what's going on right now. I've already lost my hair. Okay. I got to make sure I keep everything else. All right, guys, once again, I want to thank my brother, Travis Thomas, for joining me this week. Again, make sure you check out his show and Michael Jenkins show. Two really good dudes. They're on DC Sports Live, NBC Sports Washington, Monday through Friday at 10 p.m. Check them out. And I want to thank each and every one of you all for rocking with me. Again, make sure you tweet at me. We're at Quarterly Show, Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E Show. Email us at quarterlyreport at gmail.com. Q-U-A-R-T-E-R-L-E-E, report at gmail.com. Anything you want to debate me with, anything that you want me to discuss, something that you don't like, whatever the case, let me know by emailing or tweeting me. And head on over to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, you name it. Let me, let the world know your thoughts on the show. Please give us five stars. Let everybody know we're doing something different, doing something really fun and something that needs to be catching on. I want to thank every one of you all for listening. The numbers continue to grow. Again, we're over a year in. This is episode 62. It's doing better than I could have ever imagined. And I want to thank you all. And again, I will catch you guys back here next Thursday on the Quarterly Report.